0: Fit and Theater of the Words presents The Reprehensibles, the fight for Earth's future. Episode 12 Maria is captured by the Greenies. Katie, get me Terrence Wilson on the screen. At the Habitat, Wilson was packing his clothes as Andy Wilson watched. Their computer beeped, disturbing Wilson. "'What do you want?'
1: "'Call from Miss Almonte.'
0: "'Forget it. Tell her I've left. I don't want to talk to her,' he said as he shut the suitcase. "'You can't do that, Terrence. It's not civil. "'I don't have to listen to this. I don't want to,' he said as he jumped from the room. Maria looked down at the floor as she walked into the other room. Straco had caught sight of Wilson's suitcase on the screen, but he tried to restrain his remarks as he walked in. "'Not home, eh?' as she looked at his cot. "'It's bleeding again, Michael.' come into the cleaning room we'll fix it she led him into the small room they sealed the gash with a closing device and used an additive to facilitate healing stracco cleaned his face as he came back into the living room she handed him a cup of hot supran but his mind was on his mission and he pushed it away since when do you not like supran asked maria been through a little too much today i know she said sitting down on the chair she ran her fingers through her dark hair can't believe this is happening. Can't last, reassured Straco. People can't take it. The military man will get to the bottom of it, don't you worry. You have a lot of trust in your military men. Trust? he said seriously. I find it's always not good to trust until you have all the facts. Cynical tonight, aren't you? Me? Never. I believe in the future, he said, as he walked around to her. You should just remember to see things as they are, Maria. I always try to, he said in an obvious reference to Wilson. Did you hear about the inspector dragging Terrence back to the lunar surface? Yeah, I heard. Lunar aggregate business, said Maria. He's really moving ahead and they're taking notice of his work. Katie, what time is it?
1: Time is 8.01, Captain.
0: What is it with you, Michael? Asking the time every few minutes. I have to leave here, Maria. What if those riots start again? I'm sorry he said, unable to tell her where he was going. The mover opened and Stracco backed into the shield. Maria, I think a lot of you. As the door closed in front of him, he saw her disappear, wondering if he would ever see her again after this night's assignment. She stared at the slit where the open mover had been minutes before. He had just told her that he cared about her. He had never told her that in the past. Even when they had been so close, he never shared that. He never expressed those words to her. Maybe it was the emotions of the night, the neighborhood being destroyed, or the people being shuffled back to the armory. But he had said it, with passion and conviction. She turned and trudged slowly to the chair. The computer sounded. Yes, Katie.
1: Central computer advises you have been accepted as a production analyst. They selected disks on the
0: lunar surface.
1: The central computer wants to know if you'll accept the assignment.
0: Well, I don't know, she said. The reality now shook her illusions.
1: You have two hours, Maria, and the increase in benefits is 50%.
0: Maybe that will give me time, she said stopping as she impulsively came to a decision. No, no, tell them, tell them, I accept the job.
1: Insert your card, Maria, I'll scan it to the central computer and record the change on your card. She inserted
0: the card and waited.
1: Maria, you have two days to report to the launching area of T-1, called the OLA. From there, you will be brought to the lunar aggregate orbiting silo by a shuttle. The cargo ship will bring you the rest of the way to the moon. Keep in mind, they will brief you
0: in your interview at OLA. I guess I've done it then. And Andrew, any word on Andrew?
1: I will scan again. No word. He's still missing.
0: She thought about what she had done and then returned to the chair, on a commitment to work on the lunar surface. The farthest distance she had ever gone from her module was the trip she had just taken with Wilson on that very day, and the thought of traveling to the moon was almost beyond her realm of experience. Her immediate thoughts were with her eternalist cousin, and she was restless. If he had been taken by the greenies or thrown into the camps, she might never see Andrew again. Katie, I'm leaving to find Andrew. Let me in the mover. Outside it was dark and the street glowed bright white. A-38 had been swept clean and the ice removed. Maria hurried from the mover and toward S-11, still not quite sure what her course of action would be. S-11 was not as clean as A-98, still scattered with rubbish and many of the militiamen were involved in sweeping down the street. Giant cylinders scooped up the rubble from the modules and brought it to a factory to be recycled. "'Stop!' called a young private as she headed in the direction of the military armory. "'Where do you think you're going?' "'My cousin, he's lost. I'm going to look for him,' said Maria. As he drew his blaster, she feared she'd be sent back to the module. "'You could be a rioter, for all I know. "'Give me your card,' he demanded.' holding his blaster next to her Rolstead as she handed the card to him. He crammed it in the computer slot. Computer, clearance of this individual.
1: Cleared, Maria B. Almonte, A-98.
0: And she says she's looking for her cousin. Do you know anything about this?
1: Your cousin is Andrew M. Almonte. Been missing for us eight hours.
0: Oh, said the private as he pulled back the card from the slot and gave it back to her. I would advise you, Maria Almonte, to go back to your module. There may be stragglers left out here. That's why I stopped you. I have my blaster, she said, as she removed it from her pocket. Please put that away. Now if you're going to stay outside, you'll need a clearance strip. Private headed over to his cart and took out a red and white armband from the cart, and put it around her arm, and then warned her, keep it on, or you'll be stopped again. I will She smiled and began her trek with greater ease. Thank you! She called back and she trotted down toward S11, toward the Greeny Barrier. The fighting had been less costly in this area. Modules on both sides of S11 were unscathed, and the side streets were untouched. In the distance, at the end of S11, she could see the glaring white light from the Greeny Barrier. It rose high into the modules like a monolith dam, holding back tons of water. She increased her pace, looking down the empty side streets in their changing colors, but all she accomplished was to grow short of breath. She was rapidly coming to the end of S-11 anyway, so she slowed to a walk. A large, circular area marked the end of S-11, bordering the greeny barrier. She stepped up to this so-called square and looked into the armory to her left, which was guarded by several groups of militiamen, but she could not prevent herself from gazing upward twenty-five meters into the air to the top of the barrier. The pure white Zambian surface interlaced with force field was striking against the dark sky and she traced it down along the ends of the streets, wondering how anyone could possibly escape the barrier. However, the barrier was penetrable. The militiamen had devices to split the barrier in emergencies and there were men stationed every ten meters along the barrier. She could see no sign of Andrew as she looked down at the men. Maybe they'd be able to be of assistance, she thought, as she crossed the square toward the militiamen. Almost instantaneously, a portion of the barrier seemed to erupt like water cascading from inside. This flowing white field, five meters wide, and in some parts rolled up to the edge of the barrier, toppled over militiamen in its path. Maria spun around, but it was too late, and the mass knocked her to the ground. Her head spun as she looked up from the Zambian into a mass of white swirling light with five greenies hovering over her. She was dazed, too weak to get up and escape. The greenies checked ahead and saw the militiamen pouring from the armory. They picked up Maria by the arms and legs, and one of them pushed a sensor on the the pyramid-shaped device, and energy blasted upward. The militiamen opened fire with their own blasters, but the wall had been designed to withstand such attacks. The Greenies, with Maria in their clutches, safely returned inside, and the barrier resumed its usual smooth features. The Greenies were incensed about the point they had chosen to exit, right in front of the armory, T-25. One of them led the way with a pyramid splitter in his hands. The wrong location you choose, said the one holding her right arm. Punished you'll be, shouted one of them next to her. On patrol, the gods were... "'Later. We will settle it,' he threatened as he reached inside of the barrier with the field rolling outward. They ran into the darkness as the splitting device was deactivated and the mass of zambium fibers rebounded into their current shape. They stood atop of a long rolling incline. Thousands of thermal tents were ahead. The fires burned bright through the holes in the top of the tents as they carried Maria forward to the camps, away from the outside world. Outside, Colonel Gibbs had joined the men and took command of the situation in the square. Medical help was being administered to the injured men. The other men were roused to the point of making an assault through the barrier. But Colonel, pleaded one of his sergeants, but they took one of our people. If we hurry, no sergeant, risk 50 men through the barrier? And they already have the girl? Probably inside one of their tents. We could send a million people in there, shouted Gibbs would be no closer to finding her that woman has had it join us next week for another exciting episode of the reprehensibles the fight for earth's future by robert p fitton presented by fitton theater of the words